0: Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning into The RW. This is your host, Brandon Macy, and I'm so excited to be here with founder and CEO Jesse McMahon of M7 Services. How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing good. Doing
0: good. Man, I am excited about getting to talk to you this morning. Um, we've known each other for, man, a few years now, yeah. and um, I'm excited to talk about several things today. And, you know, we were we were talking a little bit before we got started here about the things that have happened in, in your company. What's going on, uh, gone on with your ministry and everything else that that has happened. And you got quite a story to tell.
1: Yeah, I, I, I believe that uh, we've we've been through and been around a lot. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I when I was talking to Dana the other day, who is your wife? She was like, I keep telling him he's got to write a book. (laughs) There's been way too many things happen that um, other people need to to know and and read about. But, you know, one of the things that I love so much about what we get to do here on the RW is we get to share things. You know, I think people see a snapshot of our lives sometimes and they look at it and go, wow, look at this success or wow, look at this. And they never uh, see oftentimes what goes into that, Right. all of the hard roads that we had to take to get there. And, and absolutely. all the times we fell down and scuffed our knees and, and all that kind of stuff. And again, you have gone through a lot of things to get where you are right now.
1: I would say that would, um, be absolutely the truth <laughs> and maybe even an understatement, but yes, yes.
0: Well, and, um, you know, you really got your start. And again, we were talking about this off mic, but you really got your start in ministry. Is that right? That's right. So where did you kind of start and how did that all come about?
1: Well, I, um, I started my ministry at, um, at my home church in Porter, Texas, Pastor Jerry Green. And, Shout out Jerry uh, Green and Porter Apostolic Church. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and um, I was a youth pastor there for a number of years, and um, worked a full time job uh, in uh, the technology field uh, during during that time, and uh, had the had the pleasure of serving as a youth pastor there. Uh, I want to say six seven years, and uh, was a a vital role in who I am today and, and the things that um, that I've been able to take with me th- throughout the remainder of my life. So, yeah, yeah, it was great times.
0: Well, and, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends there as well and had family members that have gone there and all kinds of stuff and, and love the Greens very much. And they've been there for a long, long yeah. time. And they've got a new pastor now and kind of starting a new chapter yeah. over there as well, which uh, definitely excited for them. But... You know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, you know, being in ministry myself and growing up in a minister's home, um, you know, I, I think sometimes people don't realize what effects that has on your family because if you're called to ministry, it also involves your family oh, every absolutely. time. And and there, there can be some hardships uh, that come from that. And I think for me, one of the things that was tough for me at times is seeing people that my parents had poured a lot of time into, had sacrificed a lot of things, maybe helped financially, do all these kind of things, only to have those people turn, so to speak, on my parents. Um, You know know what I'm talking about? You had things like
1: that that... That have happened with you guys as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, while we were um, in the in the, the role of youth pastor there, um, we we obviously worked and spent a lot of time with you know a lot of young people and 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 youth or um, we all were uh, at one time yeah. that age and and yeah. you know and and sometimes at at that point in time people don't appreciate really what you're doing right and and what you're what you're trying to do and help them and uh so so there's always been a few uh I I can think of a number of uh different individuals that were were definitely trying at times um but I have to be able to say that um some of those youth that you may have seen and uh, been frustrated with and almost feeling like you're at your wit's end yeah you know many many years later they're still some of our closest friends today sure. and you get to see those guys and uh you know and they just you know tell you how much uh, they appreciate you and and love you today you know maybe they didn't understand it or appreciate it then but uh but it, today you know they're just you know amazing uh, adults now yeah. and um we're, we're talking 15 plus years ago and and then as we you know progress through our ministry you know getting into um you know, time of pastoring, uh, you definitely see that people that, uh, that are at their wits end, you know, bound by all kinds of addictions and, Mm -hmm. and get themselves in so many, you know, rough situations in life and reaching out and helping them and, and trying to, to get them on a, on a new path and, um, you know, only to see them, you know, fall back into those types of things and, and take the help that, Maybe not coming from you, but you're trying to be an extension, the hands and the feet of, of you know God Himself, trying to right. reach out and and help lift them up, you know, and and then just to see that you know kind of even shun that assistance or it, it is it is hurtful, but you know it, it's you begin to understand that that's just part of reaching and serving people is trying right. to do everything you can to help them.
0: Well, and I think another thing that I uh, people often don't realize is that being in ministry is hard and you know, I just saw last night, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was a, a young pastor that just committed suicide mm. and, uh, of a very large congregation. And, uh, it was someone who my brother-in-law Torin knew he was a mental health advocate okay. and did many things, you know, working with people who had been depressed and all this kind of stuff and ended up committing suicide. And, you look at that and you go, "How could that possibly happen?" You know, they're helping people, they're doing the work of God, they're doing all these things, and you realize that what happens oftentimes in ministry is you end up in, you end up internalizing a lot of that. You're sitting down with people and you're taking on people's burdens all day. Yeah. Yeah. People are talking to you going, I got this problem with my marriage, and mm-hmm. you're praying with them about that. And then somebody else goes, I'm depressed, and, you know, I lost my job and, you know, I-, I lost my baby. And all of this stuff happens and in ministry as a youth pastor, as a pastor, you're taking on all of that stress and all of that burden day after day after day after day. And I think what's what's very difficult is taking that and putting it into the hands of God yeah. instead of trying to handle it from a human standpoint, because the fact of the matter is we can't.
1: Right. You can't handle it. Right. And, you know, um, a lot of times you hear the old adage that people get so busy working for God that they kind of lose sight of serving god yeah they forget the god of the work that they they exactly and so i think so many times you see so many people that get so um caught up in what they are doing the activities the Mm -hmm. the the actual work the day-to-day work of it that sometimes we we lose focus of you know why we're doing this work and, and 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 the god that we're we're actually serving And you know there's a scripture, and and, you know maybe controversial to apply it in this uh, situation, but the Bible talks about a double-minded man Mm -hmm. is unstable in all of his ways. And sometimes when we begin to compartmentalize what we're actually doing for God and separating actually serving God, that we begin to put on multiple hats, and we begin to um, to work towards trying to help someone instead of maybe sometimes just letting God work through us yes. when we're talking to people and opening up our hearts to people. And um and sometimes we do separate those two things. And um and I, I just I've I've always um tried to to make sure that you know that we never I, I never forget in my family we never forget what the real purpose that we have Absolutely. on this earth is, you know, is to serve God. And yes. by serving him we're going to have those opportunities to help people, and, and it's a tragedy when when things like this happen, and it just, it, it breaks my heart.
0: It is, and and I think what you said is absolutely right. You know, uh, there's another scripture that says, you know, that we're supposed to plant the seed, and He gives the increase. He gives the increase. And I think a lot of times we try to get involved in the increase process, oh, absolutely. and that's, we got to stay in our lane. Yeah. That's not our place. Yeah. Our place is to encourage people, to try to lead them in the right direction when it comes to certain things, uh, lead and guide them. But when it comes to the decisions they're going to make, we cannot make those decisions for them. And I think a lot of people in ministry get caught up kind of in that.
1: uh, We... we begin to see the need for people to change mm-hmm. and we want to have a hand in changing them. Yep. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we can't change anybody. You can't, all all we can do is just be that example and just, you know, reach out to people, love people, but it, it's, it is ultimately their decision. And, uh, and, and there's different levels that people have to get to and, sure. and maybe even depths that they have to get to before they realize that need for change. And, uh, it, it is, it's, it's devastating to uh, a lot of families and to a lot of churches and congregations to see, you know, people get to that ultimate low like that. And that's just, that's just heartbreaking.
0: It, it really is. And, you know, I think if, if we're, if you're in ministry, you have to be so careful, uh, to make sure you're not trying to do God's job. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's got a lot of things that he can do that that we're not able to do, and it's good like that. I mean, let's keep it that way.
1: As Christians, we get to a point sometimes, I know even in my own relationship with God, you know, yeah, we, we can have faith in the small things and mm-hmm. we can believe God that he can, he can fix somebody else's situation that he can heal someone else. But a lot of times when we get into our own financial struggles or our own spiritual sure. struggles, we're like, God, God, this one's too big. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's a fool's errand, but you know, we get to a point where we're like, we do God, I, I got to fix this, yeah. you know, instead of understanding that the bigger it gets, the more we need him involved.
0: Well, and I think too, from a, a ministerial standpoint, transparency has been an issue for years. And what I mean by that is a lot of times I think these people who are in the limelight or in ministry have to keep up this perception that they have it all together. When truth of the matter is at the end of the day, we're all men. We're all human beings who are facing things who, you know, sometimes face depression, who get to low points in our lives And if we're not able to talk about that and be honest and be transparent and go, hey, I'm struggling right now. I'm having a hard time right now. My life is at an all-time low. Then there's nobody that can help us get through those situations. And that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be, is a support system where we can talk to each other and go, Man, I I got to be honest with you. I need your help with this, or
1: or I'm in a dark place. And I, I believe that as you know, members of, of ministry, we we get to a point where we're so concerned about the way that people perceive us. Absolutely, that we get to a point where we we have to hide that mm-hmm. that issue that we're we're struggling with or or that depression or that yeah, you know, whatever it may be, that we we began to become two separate men. Yep. And when we become two people and we're we're one person in front of people and then and when we're alone and by ourselves and we're struggling with whatever you know, that issue may be, we become that double-minded man and scripture is, you know, the word of God is, is truth. You know, you're, you become unstable. And, um, I, I I believe that transparency is something that, um, we've, we've been lacking, you know, as a whole, not, not just any one person, but, um, because we do worry about maybe it's pride, maybe it's, you know, um, just being ashamed, whatever sure, it may be, but sure. just getting to a point where we can um, go to to people, that you know those uh, other men that we can, you know, be accountable to that right. we can we can get strength from that we can draw draw on in those in those frustrated times.
0: Well, I think I think we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid Absolutely. of you know of how people are going to perceive us and you know, the world that we live in, which is, you know, everything, and I have I think I've said this on every podcast, but where everything is a snapshot of, mm. you know, perfection for just a minute, oh, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, social media. Has, social media is. Uh, is uh, the, we're, my wife and I were talking uh, this week, and she's like, I believe that social media may be the Antichrist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it sometimes
0: feels that way, and again, I think we all get caught up in that in, in one aspect or another. Absolutely. And we have to be able to talk about things, be honest. I mean, I was in a text there with my family last night about this guy that had committed suicide. And literally in my family text, we, we all said this in one way or another. Hey, we got to be able to talk to each other mm-hmm. if we're ever in a place. And, and I literally texted and said, yes, because no one is exempt from, from these kind of feelings, because every time something like this happens, everybody always looks at it and goes, I would have never known. Like, never known. they just baptized hundreds of people a few days ago. I mean, this was all said yeah. about this guy. And either we're not involved enough in each other's lives, or we've gotten so good at cloaking our hurt that... We we keep it from everyone and we lie to ourselves right. as well. Right. And we've gotta be honest with ourselves when we're going through things and go, Hey, I I'm not in a good spot. Yeah. You know? And I know I've been there oh, at, sure? at times in my life where literally I knew I was in a bad place and things I was going through in my life, decisions I had made, things like that. And it was like, Okay, I gotta get around someone, I gotta talk to someone. And I did that. I I went to uh, counseling for, man, it was probably a year and a half at one time in my life, and it was one of the best things that I ever did. And I wasn't an advocate of counseling at that time. I'll be honest, I wasn't. But it was one of the best things that I ever did, and I was able to air out some things and figure out some inner workings of myself uh, that I didn't even understand until I started talking them out. And they go. Well, see what you just said right there. Right, like right. this is what this is the path you're going down. Well,
1: I mean that that's there, there's uh, scripture for that, you know. Mm-hmm. But sharing, you know, our faults one with another. I mean, it's exactly what God tells us to do, and in, in His Word. But what we what we get we get to a place where. You know, we are afraid of that judgment. We are afraid of, of coming across as uh, inferior or that we're not everything that people, you know, may perceive right. that we are.
0: And the truth of the matter is we're not. We're not. We're, <laughs> Guess I'm, what? So, yeah. None of us are. <laughs> right. If you know?
1: we If we could all, you know, live 24 hours a day like the the life that we portray on oh, Facebook or God. something like that yeah. then the world would be perfect it but would be. but we're we're not that person yeah. um everybody just gets to see you know that two or three second snapshot of of, of the highlights that's of your right. life. You that's know? right.
0: And believe it or not, when I wake up in the morning, my breath doesn't smell
1: that great. No, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my <laughs> hair is sticking it, up right. everywhere. We're, <laughs> we're all
1: not always sitting in first class on our way to Tahiti. You that's, know, some, that's exactly Sometimes right. we're, we're stuck in traffic at, you know, 730 in the morning with road rage. And, yeah. You know, and, and but we don't put that on Facebook. No, you know? <laughs> no, we don't put that
0: on Facebook. Uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, you know, I know that when you were transitioning um, kind of out of ministry, um, there were some things that happened in your personal life. I want to talk about that because I think that leads us into what has happened with your business, which is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, you know, and and I know we're going to get into this in a minute, but some of the things that have happened have just been mind-blowing. I know for sure to you, but even me seeing it from the outside, it's just been like, man, where's this thing gonna go?
1: Well I, 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 every day um, I, I, I walk into the office um, you know, ready you know school is in session yeah and uh, yeah. Uh, you know, just to kind of lay a little bit of a foundation we had um, we had been pastoring uh, you know uh, just south of Dallas for, a few years and, um, we, you know, financially we were, you know, the, the, the church at, at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't doing real well. And, uh, we were struggling financially. And so we, um, had, got to a point where we had to make a decision to, um, to, to resign the church and we'd move back to the Houston area. And, um, we didn't have anything from a, um, a financial monetary position, and yeah. uh, you know we. But I, I just want to preface all that by saying that we, I have loved every second of the ministry and being involved in the things that that God has allowed us to be involved in through the years, and and even even now being able to. Uh, the opportunities to teach and to speak. And uh, I mean, I, I, love it. It's in my yeah, heart. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's a passion. And, um, but we, we, we moved back to Houston and, um, my, my dad had passed away and, um, my, um, my mom, you know, took me and my three kids in and we all were, uh, living in, uh, her two upstairs bedrooms yeah. and sharing a bathroom and, and is
0: and as appreciative
1: as I know that you are for
0: that <laughs> that is tough oh, absolutely That's a tough I, I, I'm thing a to man
1: do. with a family and it, it's it, it, it was hard I was in a place where um I, I just you know you're 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 living like that and um, you know you're you're a grown man and relying on your yeah. on my widowed mother yeah. to provide yeah. a place for me to live yeah. and we I, I just I wasn't I was not happy. I was I was uh, miserable. And um, so I, I, I got to a place where I, I reached out to a couple of um, former co-workers and, you know, was talking to them about a possible opportunity to 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 um, to join them. They, now this
0: was, this was in IT or? Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: And, uh, so basically went to work for an oil and gas company, which, uh, that's kind of been my, my background technology exclusively, but we were, we had all worked together at, at a previous uh, oil and gas company. Okay. They had moved to a new company and we'd been just kind of talking and, you know, and they had told me that there was an opportunity. So I reached out to them and, and got involved and, took the position and, um, was working, started working to, um, uh, you know, to try to pay some bills and, yeah. uh, and then, uh, lo and behold, we found out that my wife was going to have, um, our fourth uh, child. Uh-huh. And, um, at the time we had three girls and, so, and
0: it was a, a little bit later in life, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I was, uh, I think I are I was in my, um, Thirty, I guess about thirty six, and um, so it was. So not (laughs) not necessarily an an expected No, it was. No, it was not. And uh, I remember my wife and I sitting in the car. um, We pulled over into a parking lot, and I mean, she just broke down, and she was she was in tears, and and she told me that uh, that she was expecting. And um, I was just as um, blown away as I was the first time I found out that I was going to be a dad. Yeah. And here we are, all these years later. and yeah. Well, um, and in the financial and in the state fi- oh, and, I, and all I, that, I was, it, had to be- I, it was just it was dear God what is going to happen. uh, And so, so this, uh, these were all factors in, you know what? I got to get a job. I got to, I got to get some insurance and you know, I, I, got to get my family. Yeah, Um, I I love my mom. And as you said, very appreciative of everything that she had done, but there's no way that I could, you know, um, continue to keep my family in that situation. And, and, you know, the Lord blessed me with an amazing job and, uh, and it was it was a good it was for several years it was it was you know it was uh it was that stability it was right, that right. you know be able to you know uh, get into a house and you know it was it was all of those things you know the cash was born and uh, he was he was finally the the tables were turned and you know we brought in there was another male figure in the house. You know, yep. it wasn't just me, Finally. And, me and a bunch <laughs> of women. So, uh, so, but it, it was great. It was, it, things were, uh, going well. And a, a friend of mine reached out to me about, um, a hotel in downtown Houston that was having some IT issues and, uh, asked if I'd be willing to, to go over there and, and talk to him And, Um, I did, I called, made an appointment to stop by and, uh, that was the beginning of the business, uh, M7 services that, uh, you know, provides it support for hotels all across the country and now in several other countries. So, so it kind of started out for you as like a side gig. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, I was, I worked, um, you know, on the West side of Houston and, uh, there was a hotel downtown And basically, I would get into my, you know, day job at six, seven o'clock in the morning and leave, you know, to head home at, you know, three or four. And I would go straight downtown to the hotel, uh, work on things, you know, take care of stuff that was um, that they were having problems with anybody that had had any issues. I'd take care of them in the on the night it, during the evenings and then on weekends a lot of time i was going down there and uh it was you know it was pretty easy i mean hotels sure when you think about their 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 network or you know they they have a handful of pcs a few servers so it wasn't any it wasn't a, a big deal for one guy to, to right, handle. right it. it was manageable yeah it was yeah. it was very manageable and and you know it was some extra money and i thought man this is this is great Um, I just began to see how unique um, hotels were compared to anything else I had done. Uh Uh, Technology is uh, from a skill set, technology and networking and servers and that sort of thing. That's all that I do know how to do. I mean, my family... Uh, my family knows that if there's <laughs> tasks to be done around the house, that yeah. we either wait till my father-in-law comes into town, or, <laughs> or my wife's gonna have to call somebody yeah, to actually yeah, get it done because yeah. I, I I can barely glue two popsicle sticks together. So.
0: <laughs> well, so if you're hearing this and you ever need a popsicle house built, you're gonna have to call someone else. Jesse will not
1: build. I'm it for not you. your man. I'm not your man.
0: Well, the the cool thing about this though is you know, you started doing this on the side and then when did you decide, okay, this is something I want to pursue full time and, and go kind of strike out on my
1: own? Well, by nature, I'm not, um, a risk taker. I am very risk averse. I'm, I, I gotta make my list. I got to you know go Calculate over taco cal- yeah. oh, i i'm i am it's that uh, it coming uh, out yeah, yeah. <laughs> my family um, one of my hobbies i know this sounds ridiculous but actually a hobby that i have is research. I mean, I, I, I enjoy, if I find out about something that I don't, you know, that I want to know about, I'm, it's ridiculous the amount of time, Yeah. yeah. you know, if I'm going to buy, you know, a a pair of shoes or, or a watch or a phone, or it's just ridiculous how (laughs) much time I invest. I, and, and to me, that's the enjoyable part. So, um, my, my wife, she grew up, um, and an entrepreneurial type of family. And I, my father-in-law has never had a boss. I mean, from the time yeah. he started his first business at 16 years old and has always worked for himself. I am, that that was not me. Um, and I, I, I did not uh, have that, that gene. So um, I really never intended for it to say, you know what, I'm gonna grow this. Uh, there was no business plan. It was just, hey, here's an opportunity. Uh, I was able to make some extra money on the side. I enjoyed the extra money. Yeah, um, Did a really good job at what I did just because, um, you know, IT is just what I knew. Sure. Um, and because I did a good job, the people that were in charge were like, hey, we got this other hotel over here. Would you be interested in helping there? And, you know, and all I saw was increasing my, my side money, yeah, you know. Sure. And uh, so I said, yeah, and I, I took that one over. Um, I mean, you never know when fifth kid he, could he, a he, in. Well, no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm he, he, yeah, he'd he'd be uh, he'd have to be an absolute miracle. So, um, my we talk we joke around about that in our family, but no, we 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 would we would die. Well, <laughs> well evidently
0: you named number four the right name. Well, it, it's it funny kinda because
1: kinda... Uh, you know his his name is Cash William McMahon, and I can promise you. When uh, his name had absolutely nothing to do with with money, and we had none, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when he came around. Well, that to me though,
0: that's kind of the ironic part of you guys naming him Cash. Well, and I know, I know, you told me the story. That's an old family name, right? Right? Yeah, but to me, it's just crazy that kind of all that. I don't yeah. know. It's his just,
1: name. He was his His name was going to be Colt. Mm-hmm. And that, that was just from the beginning. We always we never found out what we were going to have, boy or girl, with, with any of our uh, kids. And, uh, and so we always picked out a name for each. And uh, he was going to be Colt McMahon. And about that time, some other friends of ours uh, named their son Colt. And, uh, and, and it was just way too similar. And I was just frustrated because I always got to pick the boy name and Dana got to pick the girl's name. And, uh, so I was disappointed that, you know, I was like, man, I don't, I want him to have a unique name and started doing more research and got on ancestry.com and, and found when I, when I saw, uh, you know, a a relative from many, many years ago, his name was, um, uh, Francis cash McMahon. And, um, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's it, that's, that's that's the one. And, uh, so it had nothing to do with, uh, with money or anything, but, um, so we, we were, we just began to, um, as, as I began to take on more and more, more hotels, uh, you yeah. know, with the number, it was, these weren't big numbers. We we're talking about oh, sure. two and then three and four. I was doing all this stuff, you know, nights and weekends after hours. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, we, the number began to grow to five and six. And I realized that you know, people started calling me during the day. Well, I I got a job to go to. And uh, so I actually uh, hired a a young guy that answered the phones for me. And uh, I I paid him and he took all the daytime calls, created all the tickets, fixed the things that he could and the stuff that he couldn't fix, he would leave for me in the evenings. And um, so that began to, you know, work really well. So I was of the opinion that I just said yes to everything that they would ask me if, uh, Jesse, can you guys do this? Can you do this? Right. And so we just kept taking on more and more hotels and I just kept hiring more and more guys to um, answer phones. And so I had four people working for me from home while I was going to my... My Monday through yeah. Friday job. Yeah, I wasn't ready to give up that stability, that sure. health insurance, you know, oh, the yeah. 401k, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, I, I had a, I had four guys working for me while I was still working my normal job. And my wife looked at me one day and said, Uh, when are you going to do, <laughs> you know, do one or the other? Why, yeah. how long are you going to joke try to juggle this? And I, I, I just off the cuff, I, I made the comment, I said, I'll do it. I'm going to keep my job until it will cost me money to go to work every day. Yeah. And, um, lo and behold, about two or three months later, a guy that I'd been doing quite a bit of work for called me up and said, Jesse, I've got 23 hotels in the Washington DC area. We like the work that you guys have been doing. And I want to have a single it provider for all the hotels I'm responsible for. But I know that you got some other commitments you know, outside of M7 and I'm willing to give you this business, but I got to have a commitment from you that you're going to make it a priority. Yeah. And, and I, I, I gave him my word that, you know, if we could come to terms on this, that I would, I would give it my whole, yeah. you know, 110%. We signed that deal. I, and actually today in 2014, September the 11th, 2015, I quit my job. And so today is my four-year anniversary um, being unemployed. And um, (laughs) greatest decision you ever made, (laughs) greatest decision I've ever made. And it just it it just since that time um, in those that so four years ago we 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 were supporting about ten hotels. We took over those twenty-three, so we had thirty-something hotels today. We support. Um, about 600 hotels across the country. It has been an absolute um, rocket ride. I mean, it just has been been insane what what all has happened. And um, you know, we haven't really even gotten to 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 get dive into the details of of you know just running a business yeah. from a guy that's an IT. You know, I, I'm a, I'm an IT network engineer not a business administrator right and so the challenges that are faced in that it just it's but i i look back on this and i say you know what I, I i could not have um planned this i had nothing to do with it basically this has been for me god's way of you know just rewarding us for all the years and sacrifices that we've made for the yeah. kingdom of god yeah and uh, you know and at the end of the day Um, I'm, I'm called to be a father, a husband, a Christian, and, um, and, and that's, we've just, I've, I've enjoyed serving God and living for him and it's just, he's good to us.
0: Well, it's been amazing to see what has happened. You know, we, we, we talked about this. I, I worked for a CPA firm and it hadn't been too long. Uh, I guess that was probably three years ago that, we talked and i was trying to bring you on as a client yeah. and, and uh at that time you were like i don't know where this is going to go right. and it was kind of at the ramp up time mm-hmm. when everything was taken off and then uh you know you you guys are where you where you are and then the article just came out in forbes magazine
1: the ink magazine in, in, in ink in, magazine yeah, sorry yeah. Uh, Forbes, Forbes, uh, tracks publicly traded companies and okay, okay. tracks privately held companies. Uh, and we started, uh, the company was founded in 2014, um, and to, through 2019 over that five year period, um, M7 has grown 6,160%. <laughs> and amazing. Uh, from a revenue standpoint, yeah. it, it, so o- over a thousand percent a year on average and it, it's just been absolutely amazing just to you know see what, what yeah. god has done and you you guys were listed as the the top uh, remind me we, we were we were we were ranked in the in the nation in the fastest growing it, the fastest growing companies we were ranked number 370 in the nation um number the the fourth fastest growing company in the city of houston and, uh, it, and in, in this industry that we, we were number one in, in hospitality it, it, it just, I, th- this is, like I said earlier, there, there was no business plan. There was no, Hey, this is how I'm going to grow yeah. this. Yeah. It, I, I could not have planned this. And if I would have had a business plan I it, it had failed, yeah. <laughs> but this was just, you know, this is nothing short of God's, you know, favor and blessing. And I just anybody that knows me knows that you know i'm not a i am not aii am i i'm i'm not a business guru yeah i just yeah you know it just it just happened yeah well <laughs> and, been amazing
0: and anybody that knows you too knows that you're a very humble person and to me something like this couldn't happen to a better person i i really mean that, and you know it. you guys, you have been a a great dad Uh, Being involved in ministry all the years like you were is a tremendous sacrifice, and so to see something like this happen uh, to you and your family is, man, I feel like I'm blessed by it, and so happy for you guys. I know that the sky's the limit. We talked about there's opportunities on the horizon still coming. I mean, it's not over what's going to happen for M7, and... The cool thing about when things like this happen is when it's way beyond us, it's really easy to just go... Thanks, God, because it's exactly if right. I'd have been involved in this, yeah. I'd have probably messed it up. Yeah,
1: a lot of people, I, I get emails and, and, you know, messages from people like, hey, man, you know, t- you want to share some of these secrets with me? And I say, well, here, here's what you got to do. You just got to <laughs> sacrifice everything in your life, serving God. Yeah. I mean, go for broke, you know, yeah. live, live in, in the worst possible, you know, circumstances and give everything that you got. And then just sit back and wait for god to bless you for it yeah yeah I mean, well
0: and and your living testimony
1: that, that that happens absolutely
0: um i like to do this at the end of every segment but i want to ask you a few questions here that we ask everyone and uh, it's always really interesting to see some of the answers we get from these but um the first question is if you could go on vacation anywhere where would you go you're probably ready now you're
1: like (laughs) yeah I I would I would really like to go somewhere um I have always um wanted to go to Aruba yeah and uh I I'm I'm a um I'm a little I'm I'm very um ADD and ADHD OCD I mean all (laughs) these things but and I just I want to go to Aruba so bad and I mean it's small and just um just enjoy that um, unplugged time. There you, you go. Know? We'll, and well bring somewhere. on
0: a couple more hotels, and then you can go to, yeah, to Aruba. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that gives you something to work for, yeah, by yeah, the there way. there you go. So who is the one person uh, that has inspired you the most? If you could pick one person, who would that be?
1: My mom. Your mom. Absolutely. My mom is the epitome of loyalty, hard work, and um, she's just instilled so many of the, of the things that make me who I am today is a hundred percent my mom.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's well, and obviously the hard work and all that. So hopefully you're taking care of mom now that M7 is (laughs) is (laughs) doing well. What uh, is your favorite gospel song? If you had to pick a song,
1: um, my favorite Christian song would have to be, um, I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me. Yeah, it's a good um, one. I, it, it came out, uh, it, it had been out a few years um, when I uh, when I lost my dad. And um, that just, I, I can't listen to that song. It can't come yeah. on the radio without me. It's a tearjerker, uh, for sure. Bursting into tears, you know, just thinking about, um, you know, my dad. And, yeah. you know, so I, I just, it, it has a special place for me. So that's.
0: Yeah, well, I, I. I can't hardly listen to that song. That. Either. It's a, it's a tearjerker. Yeah. If you could pick a
1: secular song, what's your favorite secular song? You know, I'm not a big music person. Uh, if it if it's not on Fox News or gotcha. uh, or, gotcha. or ESPN Talk radio, radio <laughs> or something. yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe it's the fight song no, for one of your Actually, teams I, I, or <laughs> I, if I, I, I think I could pick one that's my, that would that's my favorite, and it's. Uh, it's Rick Springfield, Jesse's girl. And, okay, uh, all right. So that's kind of a that's <laughs> Very kind, of a fun, kind of fun fun song that uh, my wife and I share.
0: If you could pick any other profession besides your own, what would that be? You know,
1: I, would it would it be an NFL? It, it, <laughs> we didn't it, even get it, to talk it, about no, that. No, we didn't. Um, no, I, this might sound crazy, but I would I'd want to be a realtor.
0: A realtor yeah it, okay.
1: it, i mean I just, I just love that whole um you know buying selling getting the inside yeah I, and, and i say realtor because for years for years i always wanted to be uh, a car salesman yeah because i mean i just always feel like you get the you wheeling gets, and dealing <laughs> the willing and dealing which is i don't even know but an but, it you know, realtor that yeah would be yeah very
0: interesting <laughs> for sure yeah Well, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come out today. Um, And again, so excited about what's happening in M7 and in your family's life and all that. It's just awesome. Uh, Remember, if you're listening, please go on, like, share, uh, comment on the podcast, and make sure that you tune in every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Thanks again, and thank you so much, Jesse, for being a a pleasure.
1: Thank you.